Michigan Rise Pre-Seed Fund 3 is proud to be a sponsor of Michigan Venture Capital Association's podcast series, Michigan VC Talk. Michigan Rise was founded in 2020 with support from the Michigan State University Foundation and the Michigan Economic Development Corporation to invest in early stage high-tech startups. This funding enables Michigan tech companies with high growth potential to meet near-term milestones and raise downstream funding for future growth. Michigan Rise partners with MVCA members focused on the earliest stages of commercialization to identify and support high potential technology startups across Michigan with capital, mentoring, assistance with grant funding, and more. To learn more about Michigan Rise, visit www.michiganrise.com. Welcome to Michigan VC Talk. My name is Ara Tapuzian and I'm the Executive Director of Michigan Venture Capital Association. Today I had the opportunity to talk with Jan Garfinkel. She is the founder and managing partner of Arboretum Ventures located in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We had a great conversation that ranged from discussing the scope of work taking place at Arboretum as well as highlighting some of her accomplishments as former chair of the Board of Directors at National Venture Capital Association. I'm here with Jan Garfinkel. She is the founder and managing partner of Arboretum Ventures. Jan founded Arboretum on the premise that innovation is key to delivering value in healthcare, a principle she developed working in the medical device industry for over two decades. Her investments focus on promising medical technologies that enable meaningful healthcare system savings while maintain great clinical outcomes. Prior to co-founding Arboretum, Jan spent 20 years in entrepreneurial healthcare companies. She's held key management roles in marketing, clinical research, and sales for two successful medical device startups. And earlier in her career, she was even an engineer and product manager for Procter & Gamble. She recently just concluded um, her work with National Venture Capital Association's Board of Directors, and she was the chair of this last year. So Jan, thanks for joining us today on Michigan VC Talk. It's always exciting uh, to have a conversation with you. We have a, a lot to really uh, cover today. So thanks for being on today. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I'm happy to be here. So we talked a little bit about your background, but I guess I'm always fascinated to hear how uh, individuals have gone really from a diverse background setting to inter into venture. So we covered a little bit, but I mean, your background is you were an engineer. I mean, how did you make that transition uh, from sort of a technical background? And, and I know you're still doing technical work, but talk about how you've gone from uh, tech to VC. Yeah, I mean, I think, Ara, like many careers, it's a winding path, right? It's never <laughs> a straight and, and narrow uh, direction, I guess, unless maybe you're a physician or a lawyer, but pretty much everyone else takes a winding path. Um, you know, while I was an engineer early in my career, that is really not uh, my strength, being very honest. I, okay. I quickly learned that. Um, and I, I did go and get my MBA at Wharton um, and really loved um, marketing in particular and strategy. 
And so when I graduated from Wharton, was able to go to these different, well, the first medical device company, which I had actually even identified as a summer intern at Eli Lilly, um, and worked in marketing and then sales there. And so, you know, I think, you know, honestly, part of moving into venture was the fact that I had had a great experience at two different medical device companies both that were venture-backed, both that got acquired, and I had a variety of different roles. And I, I think moving into venture, um, people that do really well in venture, I think, tend to come from pretty strong operating backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so they understand how to get a product sort of from concept all the way through to revenue, you know, where you're actually selling the product. So you've learned how to do the manufacturing and the sales and the marketing and in my case, the clinical research and get FDA approval and get reimbursement approval. And um, I think for me, it was just an evolutionary thing when, when we moved to Michigan from California. Um, I did consulting for a while and realized that I really wanted to be in venture and uh, tried to get a job in, in a venture fund that was local here already, but was unsuccessful with that. So thought, you know, this is crazy. I'm just going to start my own venture fund. And, and that's what I did. <laughs> well, we're certainly happy you did. So let's talk about Arboretum <laughs> and tell, tell our audience, you know, how, why you formed it. And, and we're going to, I think, delve deeper into what Arboretum does. Sure. So, you know, as, as I said, when I um, couldn't get a job in venture right. here, I, um, you know, I really had this belief from my previous experiences, both in consulting and at the two different medical device startups, that costs, the healthcare costs were just beginning to rise, you know, and this is now back in 2002. At that point, healthcare costs were about 12% of GDP. Mm -hmm. And I just saw that with each new technology coming out, each new drug coming out, you know, they, the companies were charging higher and higher prices. And um, it, it was kind of unsustainable in my idea. And so I just had this fundamental belief that we should be able to drive cost out of the healthcare system while still providing great clinical care. So I had this fundamental belief that through innovation, we should be able to invest in companies that would drive costs out of the healthcare systems, right. but still provide great clinical care. So um, that was really the founding vision of Arboretum. And um, while it was really important back in 2002 when healthcare costs were 12% of GDP, right. um, with the advent of the baby boomers and then just increasing pricing and costs, of new technologies and new drugs, you know, at this point, healthcare is about 18% of GDP. So wow. it's even more critical in today's world than it was even, you know, 18 years ago uh, when I founded Arboretum. Right. So Arboretum's focus is the, the life science healthcare um, industry. Can you talk about um, your portfolio companies and the types uh, of firms that you're, you're working with? Sure. So um, we invest in everything in healthcare. Um, you know, the way I kind of describe it is half of it is on what I call the regulated side of healthcare. So those are products that need to go through an FDA approval process. Right. So that is medical devices and diagnostic companies. And we'll do a little bit of uh, biotech or pharma. It's not really our specialty. It's really the others. 
And then the other half of what we invest in are what I would call more the unregulated, not requiring FDA approval, which is um, healthcare IT companies, life science tools, which is equipment to help make pharmaceuticals, and then what we, a new category that we've kind of cloned um, called um, tech-enabled services or pharma adjacencies. And these are companies that have the potential to have a biotech-like exit, but don't mm -hmm. have the binary outcome of a biotech, meaning either the drug works or it doesn't work. And we have several companies in that category of pharma adjacencies that we are really excited about. Um, one here actually local in Michigan called Strata Oncology um, that I'd be happy to tell you more about, but you know, really kind of novel new area that we see a lot of uh, potential expansion in. So you've seen a lot of success uh, over the years. So what, what are some of the, the highlights you'd like to, to share with our audience? Sure. Well, I'd love to share. Um, you know, we've, we've invested in, I think, 55 companies, maybe over the life of Arboretum. We're in our fifth fund now. Yep. And um, of that, we've had, I think, 12, maybe 13 large exits. Interestingly, I would say roughly half of those have been in Michigan and um, four or five of them right, you know, within about a mile of our office. And the one I'd really love to highlight is our most recent one, which is Pneumotics, uh, which was led by and founded by Jeff Williams, who was the CEO, and then Sundu Brahmasandra uh, was the president. And um, Sundu had been the founder of an earlier exit along with Kalyan Handik, which was a company called Handy Lab. But mm -hmm. Pneumotics um, was uh, and is a company that um, developed a technology to do infectious disease testing. Right. And Jeff and Sundu did a phenomenal job in a very efficient, capital efficient way of building this robot that could test you know, up to 300 patients um, in, in a, one shift uh, with a very novel uh, PCR-based technology. And you know, a lot of people have heard about PCR lately because of COVID. Right. And um, so while they had been developing other tests pre-COVID, uh, with the advent of COVID, they, in a very uh, quick way, were able to develop the COVID uh, PCR test, which can test, you know, a patient and in 80 minutes give them, you know, one of the most accurate results on if they are carrying the COVID, you know, infection or not. And so, um, you know, just did a phenomenal job. Actually, um, they're shipping, you know, millions of tests at this yeah. point and were just recently acquired by Kyogen. Um, and it was uh, one of the largest, it was the total largest capital return to Arboretum in our history. Oh, that's terrific. Congratulations on that. And hopefully we'll, we'll definitely see and uh, see more of that in the future, you know, for good and bad reasons, right? I mean, we have ongoing uh, healthcare concerns and, uh, but it's, it's that innovation that, uh, you know, helps, helps us get to the end result, which is a healthier society. So Jan, Absolutely. let's, let's switch a little bit. And I've had the opportunity to listen to you on, in some other forums and, and we've participated in some uh, webinars and so forth. And, and you've got some great 
and, and strong feelings about venture here in Michigan. And I, I want I want some of that to come across to to our to our audience. And and also with the fact that you've been very involved with the National Venture Capital Association, which operates differently than MVCA, but but does a lot of good work and, and a lot of important work. But let's let's talk about Michigan for first. I think that one of the things I'd love to cover would be sort of our talent pool here. What do we have? Um, and what are we going to be needing? Um, and how do we get there, you know, to, to move forward to create a, a better Michigan? What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, we are so lucky in Michigan. We have an incredible set of entrepreneurs and um, people that have an incredibly strong work ethic and yeah. are brilliant and are also capital efficient. And, and the reason why I bring that up, honestly, Ara, is, you know, actually I think Spark, Ann Arbor Spark did a study a while ago comparing Ann Arbor to San Jose, California, yep. and found out that we can develop new novel companies here in Michigan for about a third less price or total cost compared to what it would take in San Jose. You know, part of it is salaries, part of it is rent and all the vendor costs, and then just the efficiency and the smarts that the entrepreneurs are bringing to their um, novel technology to develop it. And that is huge because these companies still sell for the same price, yep. but if you're able to develop that company for a third less total dollars, it is a huge win for the management team members, for all the team members at the company, and for the investors. And so um, I think that's one of our biggest and most important uh, differentiators, honestly, from other areas, especially on the coast, where the yeah. cost of living is so high and the, maybe the loyalty of the employees is not as strong as what we see here in Michigan. Um, you know, there's been a lot of success successful companies in Michigan, not just the ones that Arboretum has invested in on the healthcare side, but you think of Duo Securities, which had a very large exit uh, maybe 18 months, two years ago. Um, and so there's some um, important pockets of talent, getting to that question, yep. um, in our state where there is so much know-how in, I would say, cybersecurity in the case of Duo. Um, in diagnostics with Handy Lab and uh, Pneumotics, another company that we had invested in called Accury that was led by Jen Baird. She founded it originally. Um, and so there's these pockets of people that know exactly how to do it, develop a technology and take it forward. And you know, going back to Pneumotics for just a minute, while Jeff founded it, you know, he quickly brought over Sundu and then was able to bring back in the Handy Lab team, a lot of those team members. So what would normally have taken a company maybe five years to develop yeah. in pneumotics, they did it in two or three years because everyone already knew how to do it. And so right. when you can replicate that over and over and over again, it just makes for an incredibly important sort of, I would say, critical mass of talent and expertise to be able to develop technologies much more quickly and efficiently. So if you put your former chair hat on from mm -hmm. NVCA and, you know, to take that uh, 30,000 foot view comparing Michigan and throughout 
the country to to other major key areas. Certainly, you talk about Silicon Valley and 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 the VC activity that's going on there. How, how does Michigan compare in in your eyes? I mean, Michigan is so small, honestly, compared to Boston, New York, um, the San Francisco Bay Area, small in dollars and small in number of venture funds. We need more venture funds here in Michigan. Um, It, it, you know, it takes the dollars and the partnership that the venture funds bring to the entrepreneurs that are starting the company to create the robust environment that we need. Um, you know, I'm really thrilled with the success that Arboretum has had. I would love to see, you know, 10 times more Arboretums in this right. state, quite honestly, with different focuses on different, you know, kinds of technologies. I'd love more in healthcare, but I'd also love to see more in tech and advanced manufacturing and, you know, clean energy and, you know, all the different areas where we need some novel new technologies to solve big real world problems. And, you know, it's the state could do quite a bit more, honestly, in this area. And yeah. this is something I think the Michigan Venture Capital Association could be very helpful in. Um, you know, Arboretum was started because the MEDC was very innovative early on. There was a wonderful gentleman leading um, part of that organization named Mike Finney. And Mike came yeah. up with this idea to sort of seed fund a couple venture funds. They ran an RFP process. There were two winners. We were one of them. There was another one, Seneca Partners, uh, led by Raj Katari, that also won. And, you know, um, that really helped a lot with at least getting two started. And then the state of Michigan did a really important thing with the fund of funds efforts that, um, you know, there were three different fund of funds efforts that were led. And that was also extremely helpful. So it needs you, you to create a critical mass, you need both money and talent. And that's what, you know, the venture funds can help kind of bring together. Um, and if the state could come up with some additional creative ideas and resupport some of those efforts, I think that would be tremendous because, I mean, truth be told, the, the reason why venture capital is so important to a state and also, you know, to the total U.S. government, you know, U.S. population is that venture funds help create jobs. Right. When you look at just our little fund, you know, the Ann Arbor, here we are in Ann Arbor, Michigan, but little Arboretum Ventures relative to the, the big venture funds on the coast, you know, we have created over 4,000 jobs just from Arboretum Ventures companies right. that we have backed and, you know, helped over seven or eight million patients. So the, the, there's this multiplier effect, even with smaller venture funds. I mean, our current one is 250 million, which is large, but not as large as the $2 billion ones out on the coast. But there is a huge multiplier effect, even for like our first fund, which was a $25 million fund. So it's an important effort if we really want to do job creation. Um, if, we, if you support venture funds and find ways to start new venture funds, that really drives additional dollars coming into a state and new jobs being created. Well, I totally agree with that. And and to add to that, I think, you know, what we need to probably do on an ongoing basis, both um, statewide and and federally is is really to re-engage with legislators so that they understand what that importance is like and and really even to hear uh, from the actual entrepreneurs themselves on what, what they what they needed in order to really scale up to, to have 
uh, a fantastic product or, or service. So it's, it's certainly important uh, to do it locally, I, I guess, if you will, to say statewide mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. continuing to educate those legislators. So on a national level, um, you were involved with, with that a little bit more as far as uh, the legislative work and advocacy. Talk about NVCA a little bit. Let's give them a little bit of a highlight. And you were on their board uh, and you just sort of, fi- you just finished your, your tour as board chair with mm-hmm. them. Talk about some of the initiatives um, that you helped, uh, helped with uh, during your time on the board. Sure, I'd be happy to. And, you know, the NVCA, National Venture Capital Association, does a great job on behalf of, honestly, the entire entrepreneurial ecosystem. They're not really only representing the venture funds, but they are representing the entrepreneurs also. And a lot of what they do is um, work with the legislators. You know, there's always this concern that, you know, legislators come up with new ideas want to pass new bills, but they don't think about how is that going to impact the entrepreneurial ecosystem. And so the NVCA is extremely helpful with that. Um, One example is uh, with the tax law that, you know, uh, Trump passed a couple years ago, there was an an attempt to start taxing uh, stock options when they were issued and when right. they started vesting, not yet when they were in the money, if you will, when the company was selling, when the employee should be you know, benefiting at that point from the options. And so it was, um, the NVCA was able to educate the legislators that that was not, you know, to tax them when they're issued or when they're vested makes no sense at all because, you know, they're not really worth anything yet. They're not worth something until the company sells. And so um, they were able to get that change because if that had not, if it had gone through as it was originally proposed, it would have greatly um, uh, misaligned the incentives for the employees to match, you know, what was the incentive for the investors, Mm -hmm. which is to get to a great exit. And so um, anyway, that's an example. Another more recent one is with COVID, um, you know, the the CARES Act that uh, was passed early on in the um, not so early, I guess, relative to now, but <laughs> right. uh, back in March uh, when things were just, oh my God, so crazy with COVID um, and the proposal for the PPP loans, uh, the Paycheck Protection Program loans. Yeah. I was um, actively involved, honestly, in helping um, dra- you know, communicate and contemplate, could these be available to venture-backed companies? Many venture-backed companies are backed by very small venture funds, not the large ones. And they were also going through incredible stress, you know, from a revenue standpoint. If they're like many of our companies were in clinical trials, those all got stopped. And so many of these companies were really struggling with trying to figure out if they were going to be able to survive. And so worked hard to see if we could have venture-backed companies also be eligible to PPP loans and we're able to get that through. I'd say, you know, I don't know what percent of uh, companies actually did apply for them, but they were able to apply for them and then, you know, pay back the loans, um, you know, as similar to other uh, small companies that needed to find ways to survive during the first part of COVID in particular. Now, now you've also got the Venture Forward 
initiative, which is fairly yes. new. Talk a little bit about what that is. Sure. And so this is brand new also, and this happened under my tenure. Um, the NVCA has been extremely active in trying to improve the level of diversity and inclusion um, in the investment professional yep. and also within portfolio companies. And so NVCA has, all, has had that as an initiative over the last four or five years, I would say, but it really got ramped up over the past year uh, while I was board chair um, so that it actually became a new foundation that is separate from NVCA that has been now spun out and it is called Venture Forward. And it is really focused on multiple things, but a lot of it is um, educate, well, first tracking, understanding, you know, what percent of venture funds now have women and uh, uh, workforces that are diverse, especially at the investment professional. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then, so tracking that. And then second is creating education to help uh, new people that not just diverse, but especially diverse uh, folks come into the venture world, create their own venture funds, learn how to you know, do what I did when I first started Arboretum. Right. Um, and then uh, really a big effort on trying to help with promotions. So educating folks to be able to uh, have them be promoted into the sort of senior ranks within a venture fund and, and not just at the you know, analyst and associate levels. Um, and the uh, foundation uh, has raised, um, I think, $5 million, maybe a little bit more at this point, right. really to help with these education efforts to be able to provide. Um, there's a new thing called Venture Capital University yep. for this education that is both online or in person. Um, the very first one was actually held here in Michigan, yep. uh, which was at the start of my board chair work time. And... Um, so today, uh, you can apply for a um, grant, essentially, to be able to go to a university if you're a person from a diverse background or female. Um, so there's a lot of effort going into that, and really, um, there's a whole mentorship program. There's LP office hours where you can meet with potential investors, all to really try and broaden the workforce that is in venture, and then also to help uh, with portfolio company diversification to, at the senior levels. Yeah, it, definitely important work. Um, I, I know that here we're, we're taking a harder look uh, in Michigan and in different ways that we can affect positive change for diversity, equity, inclusion. So I, I applaud NVCA for, for starting Venture Forward and, and looking forward to hearing more of, uh, of how that's going. Jean, as we're wrapping up, because believe it or not, we've already talked for like 25 minutes. Oh, we wow. could, I know we could talk longer. That's why I said at the beginning of this that there's, you, you've, you've got great insight in um, a lot that goes on in the investment community. What are, your, what are your hopes? And if you, you know, I used to use the phrase of a crystal ball. Where do you think we're going as a state for both investment and innovation? Or where would you like to see us? Uh, go in these next couple of years, assuming we get out of COVID sometime sooner than later? Well, I do hope we get out of COVID sometime in 2021. I hope yep. there's a robust vaccine that we all want to take. Um, um, and, you know, I really hope that um, over the next five, 10 years, that there will be, you know, multiple venture funds of a size like Arboretum. Um, 
but even smaller venture funds, I mean, the more the better. I, I just really can't emphasize that enough. And I do believe because of the critical mass of talent that we have now in this state, that venture funds from outside of the state are going to be coming to Michigan to look yeah. for that talent. And, you know, they will invest in companies here in Michigan, but, you know, there will be a pull to pull them back to the coast or wherever. Sure. I think one thing that's really interesting as a consequence of COVID is people realize they can live where they want to live and work and right. do things, you know, work remotely. And so, you know, I know a lot of people have actually moved from California to Michigan recently because they want to be back close to the family, you know, be in an environment that is, you know, with really clean air and a lovely, you know, I'm looking outside the window, beautiful pine trees, you know, I mean, yep. we live in a beautiful state with no problems with water and no, well, outside of Flint, that, that issue, right. I'm looking at the, um, yes, yeah, I mean, with regards to the Great Lakes, but, um, and without fires. And so people can live in a place they want to live and create a company there. So if we could have more venture funds here, we could help support those entrepreneurs that are moving here and really create an incredibly robust area that will be, bring great returns because of the cost of living that we described earlier. Yeah. So I'm so hopeful that, you know, we have 20 venture funds, you know, of our size over the next five to 10 years. I think that would be a phenomenal thing for the state. Well said. And, and certainly I hope for that too. <laughs> I think we definitely, <laughs> we, we definitely need it and, and can use it. And there's, there's just so much work that uh, can be done. And I'm excited about it because we, we seem to be uh, moving into newer directions in the state. And, and I find them all exciting. Jan, thanks for talking uh, today to me. And, you know, I do want to take the opportunity to thank your team uh, as well. Arboretum has been uh, and continues to be very supportive of MVCA as well. And, and you've got a, you've got a great team to work with and we, we definitely enjoy that, that partnership we've had. So thanks for being on Michigan VC talk today. Well, thank you, Ara, and um, I totally agree. I love our team. We've got fantastic folks, and um, you know, glad that we can be so helpful to Michigan Venture Capital Association. It's really important what you do, and I think it really is important to take a leadership role with our leg Michigan legislators to help them get smarter about what venture capital is and how important it is to really the viability of the state and to job creation and to innovation going forward. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Michigan VC Talk. This show focuses on guests that are investors, entrepreneurs, and other thoughtful leaders that are making a difference in the Michigan ecosystem. Produced by Michigan Venture Capital Association, a nonprofit trade organization designed to bring together venture capital industry participants in the state of Michigan and act as the voice of the Michigan entrepreneurial and investment community. For more information, visit us online at michiganvca.org.